Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year, for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Beth O'Leary is the author of The Wake Up Call. Beth is a Sunday Times bestselling author whose books have been translated into more than 30 languages. She wrote her debut novel, Flatshare, on her train journey to and from her job at a children's publisher. She now lives in the Hampshire countryside and writes full-time. Welcome, Beth. Thanks so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Your book, so funny, delightful. Love your characters. Wanted to just like hang out at the hotel. Wanted to like patch <laughs> the roof together myself. <laughs> I'm sure they would have very much appreciated that. Yes. 
but the rivalry and the personalities, it was just lovely, enjoyable, really great. And I just love the way you write, like your style is just your sense of humor and the way you see things. So anyway, I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. That is very lovely to hear. I had so much fun writing it, to be honest. So I sometimes feel like, yeah, I hope that is there on the page. I feel like you can tell. Don't don't you Mm. think? I don't know. Well, I feel like you can. Although I sometimes I take sort of, I guess, courage from thinking that there are some books where or some parts of books that I found really hard to write and not Mm -hmm. fun and that people don't seem to have noticed. So (laughs) I need to tell myself that sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So tell listeners what your book is about. So The Wake Up Call is about Izzy and Lucas, who are receptionists at a beautiful ramshackle falling down hotel in the New Forest, which is a very beautiful part of England. And when Izzy finds a collection of wedding and engagement rings in lost property, she sets about trying to return them to their owners and she gets a substantial reward for the hotel when she when she finds the owner of one of them. So management get very excited and task her and Lucas with returning all the rings to try and kind of save the hotel. But it's even more challenging than it sounds because Izzy and Lucas absolutely despise each other. (laughs) (laughs) So where did you get this idea? So this book was brewing for a very long time, really. A love story based around rings, because for starters, I just find them fascinating. Like they're such a, like each one symbolizes a love story of its own. I love the idea that bringing a collection of rings that kind of found into a story would essentially give me, you know, however many love stories I wanted to weave through. And and I just thought that'd be so much fun, which it was. And I also just think they're a very powerful symbol. Like I I was thinking the other day, my, my husband takes his ring off to go for a run. And I even just the sight of his wedding ring on our table, it just sort of sends me cold, you know, that idea of someone taking off that ring. And they're just so sort of important, aren't they? And I, I loved sort of that image. Wait, wait, why does he take the ring off when he runs? <laughs> In case it falls off. Oh. He worries because it's a little loose. So he doesn't like to run with it on. Good point, though. <laughs> All those single joggers nearby, you know? Yeah. Fair game. Or maybe his runs are, in fact, clandestine meetings with other with other women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I had that idea ages ago, and I kind of, I have a lot of these ideas that sort of sit, I mean, you must be the same, that sit in the back of my mind, and I kind of half, half a book, but not really a whole book. And it wasn't until I sort of landed on the setting and the idea of it being a kind of wintry novel that it really clicked because also I was trying to think you know why would someone have all these rings where would you lose all these rings and I kind of thought like a swimming pool like you might take your ring off to go for a swim but it's just like a leisure center as we'd call them here I don't know what you guys would call them but it's just like it's not very sexy or cool And then when I thought like hotel with a spa, I was like, oh, now you're talking. Now this is this is somewhere I could set a, a gorgeous wintry romance. It, it actually came together at a, you know how sometimes books find you, your stories find you just when you need to write them. I think this book was one of those for me because it actually was my procrastination from another book <laughs> that I was meant to be writing. <laughs> and it was my little sort of guilty pleasure. And I had mentioned to my editors, I've got this idea for a sort of wintry novel, but I'm, I'll maybe work over it in the, over the next few years on the, alongside the things that, you know, are, are under contract, the books that I've committed to write. And then I just sort of sneakily started on this one. And then they, they kind of gave me a little bit of a nudge and sort of said, oh, are you still doing that? And it almost gave me permission, I think, to let myself run with it. And I think part of what brought me so much joy about writing it was I'd not promised it to anyone. So it was a really different writing experience. And I think having gone from writing my debut novel, The Flat Share, I wrote kind of on my train journey to and from work, writing was my passion that I tried to fit in everywhere I could. And then 
I went to being a full-time writer and I kind of threw myself into it almost with too much fervor <laughs> because I was so determined. I just felt like it's my dream come true and I, I want to make every the most of this opportunity to be able to, to be full-time writing. And actually, I think I really needed that little bit of pressure off for this book mm. to just write something and kind of think, if I can do it, then I can do it. But otherwise, it's okay. You know, like I'm not working really to a deadline here. I'm just kind of seeing if this story comes. And yeah, it was a joy. Too much fervor. <laughs> Discuss. <laughs> what does that look like? <laughs> it looks like sitting at your desk at 8 a.m. going, come up with a good idea <laughs> now. Come on, try harder. Yeah, I think I just, I felt so lucky to be there. And that almost froze me, I think, in some ways, because I, I felt like also the flat share, you know, it was a phenomenon, like it sold in 36 languages it's been made into a tv show it's it's changed my life completely and it it was it couldn't have been more of a dream story you know of how of how to get published it was it was like wait go back back up for your whole life story for a second cuz <laughs> what happened bef- what were you doing at work before you started riding on the train and have you mm. lived and let like did you always want to be doing this like just how did we get there and then describe the flat chair like a little bit yeah. of context yeah, of course. So I have always I've always wanted to be an author ever since I was a little girl. I've written stories, you know, on scrap paper since I was able to write and I finished my first novel when I was about 15. As you can imagine, it was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> It's somewhere. I, I don't dare look at it. But I wrote lots of novels and, and tried to get representation before the flat share. And I worked in like licensed publishing. So it's things like like the Peppa Pig activity books and things like yeah. that. So I helped to make those, which was amazing and a really creative, fun, buzzy environment to work in and also put me in the same building as the kind of publishing I, you know, wanted I wanted to be a writer. And I wasn't kind of an editor in the sense that I work the editors I work with now but I I could see them <laughs> and yeah. I it really it really changed things for me I think because it gave me a sense that like this does happen for people like mm-hmm. there are people every day in this building getting published and that could be me and it taught me as well about how a novel is sold I think was there a cafeteria like did you get to see them <laughs> over the lunch line or only yeah, in I the wasn't, elevators <laughs> I wasn't brave enough to approach anyone. Okay. But you could see them. All right. Just <laughs> it was it was a strange moment when I knew my my agent had sent me out on submission and I would walk past the adult teams who obviously had no idea who I was. Like I would walk past them on the way to the loo and I would think like <laughs> what if what if one of them has got my novel like up on their screen right now and they have no idea I'm just walking past nip to the loo. <laughs> okay, but it was totally inspiring for you and it felt yeah, like if, if really someone was. could do it you could do it. Yeah, that's what I felt like. And then I was finding living in London, I I just wasn't making time to write. And I know I, I don't feel like myself if I'm not writing. I, I, I don't know how it is for you, but I just find that I can't fully feel me without that part of myself. So once I moved out of London, I realized I had this kind of hour journey every day and it was just downtime really. And that could be my writing time. So that was a huge change for me and meant I had two hours a day where I was actually focusing on doing the thing I love doing. And I, I wrote the novel quite quickly in about six months, spent about six months editing it, which is quick, seemed quick <laughs> to me then. It is quick. That's quick. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm conscious that some people write like four novels a year and there's me being like, I was so quick. <laughs> but for me, that seems quick. And I sent it out to a handful of agents um, and nobody wanted to read past the first three chapters except for Tanara, who, who is now my agent. I will never forget the feeling of, of getting that email where somebody said, I'd love to meet with you. I loved the novel. 
can we talk? And and just, I felt like if that was the only thing that had happened that year, it would have made my year, you know, mm-hmm, but then mm-hmm. after that, I worked on the novel with her and we did lots of sort of editorial work, particularly on the beginning, which I think is really interesting because once when I sent it out to agents, no one was really that interested. But then I reworked the opening and I sent when we sent it out to editors, it was a totally different story. And and it was preempted. It sold in the US. And I realized at a certain point I was gonna earn enough to quit my job and do this full time. And it was an absolute whirlwind. I, I remember when I got the news about the US deal, I, I was out doing karaoke with some friends, which is not a thing I enjoy, um, but got dragged to. And I just remember sobbing my way through Jolene's oh <laughs> karaoke <God>. booth. <laughs> just, it was actually perfect. It was just what I needed. <laughs> that is amazing. I love that image. Oh my gosh. I feel like your own life is like a novel we could write. You know, the rom-com author who's <laughs> Husband has a secret life on the <laughs> whenever he goes for a run with Jolene. I don't know. It all sounds very <laughs> cinematic. Your whole your actual story. Oh, is that a good thing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me more about the flat share because I'm embarrassed to say I have not read it and now I want to read everything you've ever written, but Oh, no, no. Okay, so tell me at all. Tell us more I, about that. I love to discover somebody who's yet to read my backlist. The Flat Share is a story about two people who share a one bed flat, but they don't meet because one of them works nights and the other one works days. And it was actually, it was inspired by my own living situation with my now husband, the, the runner. He was a junior doctor at the time. We, we just moved in together um, and he was working loads of night shifts and we would literally pass like ships in the night. And I would find out about how his day was from little clues around the house, you know, how many coffee cups were by the sink, whether his shoes were by the back door and we used to kind of leave each other food for dinner at breakfast time and we would you know we had this sort of strange existence and I I just loved the idea of looking at what two strangers could learn about each other if they lived that way and could you fall in love in that way with the kind of negative space around a person and that was that was where that story came from the story that yeah as I say the story changed my life really and then it became a movie a film, a TV series, rather. Yeah, it's on freebie in the US. If anyone's interested. Um, oh my gosh! Look at the stuff I have to do now. This is like I know. I'm sorry. Event. I'm adding to your to do list. <laughs> no, it's great. This is wonderful. And then you just kept going, and you just kept writing novels. I did. So now, how many have you? Now, how many in total? How many do you ha- have? You written that haven't come out yet, but you're like working on them and have a deal or whatever. So the wake up call is my is my fifth published book, and at the moment I am juggling between the next novel I'm writing and the one after that. As you will know, it's always like, you're always a million books ahead, aren't you? And with a baby on the way, I am trying to figure out how far I can kind of get and then put something on hold. And it's a funny old thing, isn't it? Juggling juggling writing with life because it's such a, I don't know, an all-consuming job that in lots of ways you're never you're never quite not doing it, but mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, it's a funny thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You're never not quite doing it. <laughs> it's true. And I feel like there's also so much of the thinking that goes behind it that it's not, you can't like sit and you can't quantify it, but mm. without that, you won't have anything. There will be no output. So. Yeah. I find, I think that was one of, when we talk about my fervent start to writing, I I, I think that was one of the things that I, it took me a while to realize is that actually mm. sometimes w- what work looks like isn't what work used to look like to me. It's not applying yourself and saying, I'm going to try really hard and I try my best. And that will mean I do my best work mm-hmm. because 
actually a lot of the time when I do my best work is when I'm not trying at all or when I've given up or when I've gone for a walk with a dog and gone, I can't figure this out, never mind. And then an idea comes to me and I it might undo two months of sitting at the desk typing. And yeah. you know, you may end up deleting all those words. But there's this sort of weird, like there's no relation between the input and the output sometimes. And sometimes there is. Sometimes mm-hmm. you do just need to sit down and and write. But I I still am not very good at telling exactly which one of those times it is, you know, I, I, I'm not very good at sort of saying I need to push through right now. This is just, I, I'm, you know, or, or when I need to say, you know, walk away from the desk, you, you need time to think about this. Well, do you see your husband now? I mean, you must've seen him at least once. You're pregnant. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so we know yes, I see him lots now. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. Anyway, yes, so I is he back on now. normal hours? Like He is. Oh, okay. and it is it is a delight. I have okay. to say, not not having somebody kind of coming home. Because the weirdest ones were the, the hours where he would come back in like the middle of the night, like at 2 a.m. or something. And that's really weird because you're like, you kind of go to bed, but you know you're going to be woken up in a minute by someone coming in. And then you sort of also a listening out a little bit. So there's that st- yeah. strange, those were, those were the oddest days. I mean, it's amazing that people can do it for long periods of time. Yeah. But one of the things about writing a novel like that, about people who live that way, is you hear loads of real life stories. People often tell me about their lives. I, I met a, a bookseller who, who told me that his wife was a nurse who worked nights and they used to meet on the corner and just give each other a kiss on the corner of the street on their way to work and I just found that so romantic I was like I should have written that in (laughs) that's better than my book (laughs) next time you could do like little shorts you know like little short story uh, spin-offs or something small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. (laughs) Um, And what kind of books do you like to read when you're not fervently writing yourself. I love reading romance. I'm a big romance reader, um, which is handy because now that I'm an author, people like to send me their romance novels, which is always a bonus. Um, But I do find that I sometimes need to step out of genre a little bit at the moment. Like I think one of the things about this job is your reading gets a bit less varied because you are reading proofs, you're reading advanced reading copies, like you're, you're reading kind of within your genre all the time. And so I have, I've lately, I've really re-found my love of fantasy, which I used to re- read a lot as a teenager. So I've been listening to 
Sarah J Mass on audiobook, which I've been really yep. enjoying. Audio is like my outlet for things that I'm like, I know I don't really have time to read this, but I'm going to read it on audiobook. And then it doesn't yep. count because I'm only <laughs> reading it like whilst I'm cleaning or something. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. Yes. I know every so often I'm like, wait a minute, it's possible that I could also be listening to a book while I do whatever. <laughs> like I have 20 minutes in the car. Will this kid care? Maybe, you know, like what can I do? <laughs> So. Yeah, it's so it's so satisfying when you can fit a book into another bit of your day, which doesn't yeah. have a book in it yet. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, I feel like I'm the last one to jump on this fantasy bandwagon, but maybe audio is my way in. I don't know, maybe mm. You do need a good reader though, don't you? And I think with fantasy, because there's often so many names and place names and things, I, I sometimes struggle when I'm not reading it on a page to remember all the, I don't know, maybe I'm quite visual. I, I just sort of feel yeah. like I can, I, I'm like, who, where? Yes. <laughs> so yes. if I leave totally. it too long, you've got to kind of stick with the audiobook and like listen to it frequently. Otherwise you're like, oh no, I don't know yeah, which planet we're on now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any adversarial relationships? Like, is there somebody who just gets under your skin like that? <laughs> That's a great question. I don't think so. I have four older brothers, hmm. which I think probably helped with writing just for, for context. Izzy and Lucas at the beginning, they have a very, spiky kind of relationship and they they spend a lot of time winding each other up and kind of trying to irritate the other so I think yeah being the youngest of a family with so many older brothers probably taught me a lot on that front of exactly how to you know hold your own in that situation but I, I actually loved writing that sort of bantery like this the sparky kind of dialogue I, I always like writing dialogue if I'm left to my own devices I probably just write pages of <laughs> dialogue I mean, maybe without anything be a screenwriter just say just <laughs> throw that out there that is the job <laughs> is that what it is though is that allowed? I mean, you know. would anyone watch it? Who knows? I don't know. I think your odds are probably pretty good. <laughs> Maybe one day. Oh my gosh. At the beginning, you said your life completely changed with the flat chair. What do you think your life would be like without it? And what are like the most significant ways in which like your life has gone that you never, ever would have thought? Like, what are some of the obviously attaining success in the publishing arena, but any other ripple effects that that's caused or mm. I don't know, just like ways that things have gone in a different direction. Yeah. I mean, even just like right now I'm looking out of my office window at the woods. I live in the countryside. I'm not kind of within easy reach of London, which is where my job was and where kind of all the jobs in publishing were at that point. And, you know, being able to live here is something I would never have had without that book happening. And, and, having a dog. That was like the first thing I did when I, when we, when we were like, oh, we, I'm, I'm going to be working from home. And then I was like, I definitely need a golden retriever puppy in my life. So she's now five and still a puppy at heart. And I think just who I am, like being able to kind of take my hobby, my passion and make it my job. I think it's just so fulfilling. I find so much joy in my work. I feel so lucky to have that. Like, I, I think this part of myself always had to be sort of squashed into time where I could find little pockets of, of of opportunity to write and now to be able to kind of give it the expanse of the day is just amazing I yeah I, I love getting to do that and do you still feel like tapped into the writer community there what is that like is it a supportive yeah. group of people or is it more like you have friends on Instagram or nope yeah <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah I I actually it took a little while to meet other writers to be honest because I, I I didn't 
know anyone else that, that did the job when I started mm. and I uh, definitely didn't feel confident enough to kind of reach out to anyone and be like hey would you like to go for coffee and so it just really had to happen kind of organically mostly through events really when I get paired with another author in a bookshop or something and now I'm I've got some really really close friends who do the same job as me maybe in different genres and people to brainstorm with it's it's just so great having writers to talk to isn't it because you you some there are some things that are so specific or you know they just that they'll get the problem because they've been there, you know, when that, oh, this character's just not working. I can't, like, I can't figure out like an element of their their character and being able to talk to someone about it. He's like, yeah, I've been there. I had that with my second book and this character did this. And, you know, and, it, and it's just, it's just lovely to have that support as well. But it did take, it did take me a, a couple of years probably before I really made proper author friends. That's one of my favorite things is being able to introduce, especially authors who have books coming out. So they have no idea what's coming up. Yes. With maybe somebody with who has just been through it or something. So, yeah, because you know, there's so much you just, <clears throat> I don't know. I felt like I was unprepared. I don't, so I don't know. Oh, yeah. Even though absolutely I to a million people, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes you need like the buddy system or I don't know. You <laughs> do. And there is so much. It's so overwhelming. And it's one thing sort of dreaming of being published, but actually being published, you know, there were definitely moments where I kind of felt like I'd opened a big box of things that I kind of wanted to shove everything back in the box yeah. again because I just thought I've let it all out and you can't take it. You're going to, you can't take it back. And it's hard to ever kind of have total confidence in your book, mm-hmm. even though you're like, I know I love this story and I know I put everything into it you still I think I don't know any author who doesn't who who doesn't have days where they're like what am I doing this is terrible why am I letting anyone read this (laughs) can you give any tidbits about your upcoming book your next one what it's called or anything when it's coming out I wish I knew what it was called. (laughs) (laughs) Titles are so hard. So I can't share that because I do not know. I can say, so this one, I would say it's probably the hardest book I've ever written. I hope that when I get there, it will be a really epic love story. I want it to be a kind of book to make you laugh and cry. And it's an idea. It's a big idea. And it's a big concept that I had a while ago and thought, I don't think I can do that. And then eventually, I don't know, maybe, I don't know what gave what gave me the, the courage to do it, but I was like, I'm going to try. And it was really hard and it has been really hard, but I hope it's going to be beautiful in the end. <laughs> That's amazing. I just was reading some quote, which I'll massacre here, but it was something like, <laughs> you know, you think you need confidence to have courage, but actually it's courage that creates the confidence. Wow. That is really interesting. Yeah. Right. Oh, I love that. Noodle on that. <laughs> yeah. I, wow. I feel, <laughs> Yeah, I want to think about that one. Yeah. And I'll think and see if I can find the actual quote and maybe I got it backwards. <laughs> it's by um, Emma Gray. <laughs> well, what you said was very profound. So Thank if it's you. not well, the let's quote, just you take should it, claim yeah. that one. <laughs> um, okay. Any final parting words, advice to aspiring authors? I mean, my top piece of advice is, is always try to finish something. Um, and it sounds very simplistic, but it's not. It's really hard to finish mm-hmm. something, particularly a novel, because it's so big. But for me, that process of writing lots of novels before the flat share, it taught me so much because for me, so much of the writing, the, what really creates the book happens after the first draft. And I, I got to practice that. And you can't practice that process of going back over a story and going, what is this? Like, what could it be? How can I make it better until you've tried finishing something mm-hmm. and it's it's just it is so so painful sometimes and it does take so much confidence to push through that point in the book usually about 40,000 words for me where you're like oh I just I don't know if this is you know gonna go anywhere or whatever but if if you can kind of 
push yourself to the end and just say, just get it down and I'll make it good later. And then you get to learn what the joy of a second draft. That's great advice. Yeah. (laughs) Get it later. Just get it down. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Beth, this was so fun. I hope I get to meet you at some point. Do you come touring in the US? Are you coming anytime soon? Or probably not with your baby, but you know. (laughs) Not yet, but I would love to one day. So if I'm over there, I'll definitely let you know. (laughs) Yeah. Please come. I have a bookstore in Santa Monica in California. So you'll have to go. Oh my gosh. Put it on your your tourist stops or whatever. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, well, thank you so much. Well, good luck with the rest of your pregnancy and new motherhood. And, you know, I'm here as a resource. I've been through everything (laughs) at this point. My husband's like, why don't you just like be a doctor? You think you know everything about every kid illness. I'm like, well, you know, science issue. Anyway. All right. Well, take care. Great to have crossed paths. Congratulations on your book. Lovely to chat to you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 